Good everyone, this is Rita Join and welcome to the Unbox Your Gift podcast, episode 123. On today's podcast, you're going to listen to an interview I did with Sohail Khan. Now, if you've ever been in a situation where you did not enjoy the job that you were doing and you wanted to know, like, how do I just get out of this? Sohail was an accountant for all the accountants out there, or just to insert the profession that you want to get out of. Sahel himself was an accountant who transitioned and became a very successful individual. He became a multimillionaire. He owned a 12-bedroom mansion. That's a 12-bedroom mansion. He had Ferraris, Lamborghinis parked outside his mansion until he lost everything. And that was in 2008 when the crash happened and he had to move back home with his mum. And so how do you go from being an accountant to becoming super successful and then now it's all just been plummeting down and then you've got to move back home. There's nothing wrong with moving back home, but he went from mediocre, which is what he claimed it was, mediocre, went to super successful, what he really wanted to do, and then uh, having it all crash down on him. And so his life changed when he read an ad in a newspaper and that prompted an idea and that's how he really came back and did the one thing that he always wanted to do but it took that complete breakdown for it to him to realize it. And he turned his little passion and his idea into a profession. And now he's a joint venture expert. And this is a story of how Sahel Khan monetized his idea and realized his greater mission behind his work outside the Lamborghinis, outside the Ferraris, outside the 12 bedroom mansion. This is a really incredible interview that I did with Sahel. I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to interview him. Just a heads up, there is some connection issues that happened in this interview and there's a little bit of pausing. So, and there's a slight airplane noise. So there's a little bit of pausing, a little bit of connection issues, and there's a takeoff airplane sound that comes on intermittently throughout the interview, but don't let that stray you from the content. Be committed to your transformation. The content is still extremely valuable, which is why I wanted to share it with you because I did this interview two years ago. I've never published it in public. It only went out to a small select group of people, but now it's on the podcast and I hope you enjoy it. And please let me know your thoughts. Hello everyone, welcome to Monetize Your Mission. I'm your host, Rita Joyen, and welcome to this particular interview that I've been so looking forward to because I have with me a gentleman that I've been following his work for quite some time, and here we are on our summit together where I get to pick his brain and look at exactly what he's done to find what he's good at, and he's pretty good at what he does, and how he's been able to monetize it consistently and show others to do the same. So today I've got with me Sahail Khan, and this is what Sahail does. Sahail is a joint venture expert. He's spent 15 years of his life on, in sales, doing joint venture marketing and working on business growth, which is what he also speaks on, yeah, is joint ventures and business growth. He is the creator of the Million Dollar Partnering System, and he is an author, a speaker, a consultant, and he has trainings that, I was just talking about it now with Sahail, that takes place every quarter about his joint venture bootcamp. So, Sahail, welcome to Monetize Your Mission. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Now, Sahail, before I go any further, for those who have never, never come across the term joint venture, could you please explain what that is? Well, basically what a joint venture is, it's, it's a mutual agreement between two or three more parties 
who uh, have complementary resources that they share. So I'll give you a classic example. One example would be a luxury bathroom uh, suite manufacturer and a luxury bathroom tile manufacturer. Now, they sell to the same customer base, but their products are unique in terms of themselves. Both these companies see each other as competitors, but they have the same customer base that they can share, complementary resources. So me, what I do as a joint venture expert, I would come in and help them put deals together and, 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 and basically partner these two companies together. So that's how a typical joint venture works. Okay, so you bring in two, like a brokering, like a brokerage, right? So you're bringing two people together, two parties to make a, um, make a deal. So was that? You're bringing two parties together to make a deal, is that correct? Yeah, yes, exactly. So just forming strategic partnerships and alliances between companies or even individuals as well. Okay, super. So now that was a lot. I want to peel back that curtain here is sure. having that expertise. How did it all start for you? How did you find what you were good at and why did you start or go into the entrepreneurial space? Well, it's, it's funny because I originally trained uh, as an accountant, you know, and my, my parents, um, as you know, it's a cultural thing. They want you to become either a doctor, or a lawyer, or, uh, you know, accountant or astronaut. So, <laughs> so, you know, so I thought, you know, what, I, I was good at numbers. So I eventually um, trained and became an accountant. But spending my time working at the accountancy firm, it wasn't really for me. You know, I spent a lot of my time helping other people do things and um, uh, teaching other people how to use things like the internet. So for me, from day one, it was like I, I found more uh, excitement in helping other people. Mm. So um, I love as an accountant. And um, I left my job as an accountant and then I eventually uh, went into information technology, uh, set up my own company, uh, and um, I built that business up from nothing to, to eight figures um, uh, using, joint venture, using joint venture partnerships. So all I was doing was connecting and reaching out to people who could help us grow the business, help us generate leads, help us grow the business by forming partnerships. And then uh, I uh, eventually sold that business in 2006 I sold a majority stake to a big 150 million IT group. They went bust in 2008. Mm. I lost everything. So I went from being a multimillionaire totally broke. And then in, in 2000... In the space of time? In, in, the, in the space of six months, basically. Wow. So when, we, so when we, we sold the company in 2006, uh, 2008 was when uh, the recession happened. And within this short space of time, mm. um, uh, you know, I ended up losing my business, the, the company... going from uh, multi-millionaire to totally broke in the short space of time. And then uh, fortunately, I set myself a challenge in 2009 to make a million dollars in 12 months. And I closed a $1.5 million deal in just 30 days using uh, what I already had, the skills of joint ventures. And that's where I am today. So. Yes, okay. So that, someone who's listening starts going, whoa. <laughs> like, so <laughs> how did you find what you were good at? How did that come I'll tell you a story um, uh, uh, and my, um, how I really, really uh, figured out what I'm good at, and that's helping people. You know, the, my motto in life is give first, ask later, and uh, that's what I'm really good at doing. I'm, I'm good at going out there and finding partnerships for people, finding resources for people and helping them, and then obviously I get rewarded, and uh, we'll talk about how I monetize that. But I'll tell you a story. Um, uh, my father passed away uh, a few years ago. And um, my father passed away around 2006, just when I And um, 
my, my father used to travel abroad all the time and we used to have uh, commercial properties abroad that my father used to look after. And he, he, he retired and then uh, he used to spend his time abroad six months of the year looking after those properties and obviously relaxing also. My mother used to always say to him, you know, uh, you always go abroad six months of the year, you're just going to relax and put your feet up and that's what you do out there, you know, don't, you don't do anything. So um, I still remember that, that day, that night, I was scheduled to fly to um, Glasgow. I had a big meeting in the morning um, with a company that I was looking to close a deal. And we got a call in the, uh, in the middle of the night and we were told that my father passed away. He was abroad. And um, uh, what happened was basically he was complaining of, che of uh, chest pains. They thought it was indigestion. He went upstairs to go and sleep and obviously never woke up. Oh. So passed, yeah, passed away in his sleep. But something that was really interesting was, you know, um, we had to scramble the next day to get... So um, we decided that my, uh, my mum and my uh, older brother and older sister would go uh, and, prep and go for his funeral. And then I ended up going there a couple of days later uh, because we couldn't get emergency flights. So when I got to, uh, when I, when I, when I got to abroad, um, you know, I, it was surreal because I, I, I had seen my father leave the door, uh, leave the house before, okay. And then the next time I saw my father, he was, you know, basically six feet under uh, and I was standing over his grave. So it, to this day, it's still surreal because some of us only saw my father when he left the house and we never saw him after that. So we, we're still trying to get our heads around, you know, he, his passing because it, 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 it's difficult for us to comprehend that he's actually gone, but obviously he has. Now, when I, was, when I went to his house um, abroad, my father's house, I saw a long line of people um, all the way down the road. And when I walked in, um, my, mom, my mother was there, my brother and sister, and people would come on one to my to my mother. The first person walked up to my mother and said to my mother, "Look, you're, uh, you know, um, sorry to hear about your father, your husband. He was a great man. He provided, um, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, carpets for the local mosque." The next person would come and say, "Your father was a great man. He put my son through uh, school. Uh, my son's now an airline pilot." Another person would come and say, your father's you know, such a great man. He helped us rebuild the local school. Another person would come through and say, you know, your father's uh, put, helped put our, uh, my son or my daughter through college. And now she's, you know, uh, uh, you know whatever she is. So it's interesting that my father, um, whenever he spent his time abroad, he would never tell us what he was doing. Um, he, never he never said to us, you know, you kids think you are cool in terms of what you're doing, look what I'm doing. Mm. So, you know, my, my mother always thought that my father was going there just having a holiday, when really he was getting involved with the local community, helping people, uh, and just really, you know, uh, doing whatever he could for people out there without telling any of us. So it was interesting, you know, that day I realized you know to to help people and connect people and you know i don't always make money with what i do but i help as much people as i can and my belief is you know the money comes to you you know if you put your intentions out there and go and help as many people as you can i mean i have a i have an extraordinary extraordinary skill in terms of being able to connect people around the world and to be able to walk into situations and um uh, you know reach people that are unreachable so uh, i'm very fortunate to have that skill and to be able to do that, what I do, and you know, I monetize it, you know, I make seven figures a year doing what I do, but I also go out my way to help people when I know that I'm not gonna make money, 
um, because that's what I like to do. So that's pretty much the, you know, the, the story. Really. That's, that's beautiful. And to have that legacy from your father that these people are coming over to just, to just say thank you and give their condolences yeah. for the, the contribution. That's, that's the mission. It's amazing. And it's like, I, could, I, I myself, I mean, I've, made, I've, I've made millions and lost millions, but I'm so sorry, Sahel. I completely lost you there. You've seen That's okay. I was just, I was just saying that for me, you know, I've made millions and lost millions and, and made millions, but I don't think I could ever live up, live up to the to his legacy in yeah. terms of what he's done. It's pretty phenomenal. So. It's, it is. It's completely yeah. phenomenal. And when you talk about, you know, what you love to do is build partnerships and help people. From an accountant who was helping people work out the internet, and that's how you kind of thought, you know, I could probably do some kind of teaching or yeah. training here. How did you discover this? This uh, training called joint venturing and teaching people how to come together and mergers and be mutually beneficial for one another well it all started from uh, me picking up a book called uh, how to get everything you can out of all you've got by a guy called jay abraham yes yeah? yes yeah yes. And, 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 who, and who eventually went on to become my mentor and he's the guy who taught me how to do joint ventures and uh, you know i attended his program back in 2004 many many years ago and it became a, a Um, who are very well known in the space. I mean, Jay Abraham, Jay Conrad Levinson of Guerrilla Marketing was one of my mentors. I ended up writing a book with him before he passed away. It was the last Guerrilla Marketing book. So, you know, I've been very fortunate to uh, meet the right people. So, and I think that's what it's all about, surrounding yourself with the right people also. I think that's so important, especially when you're trying to do something that's beyond or against the grain of where society is heading. So outside of right. nine to five, just like you were in a nine to five as an accountant. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And I, and I got out of that because I wanted to do something that I felt would be more beneficial to what I'm doing and not um, be at the uh, mercy of somebody else or, you know, yeah. literally, literally help someone else pay their, um, uh, pay their uh, you know, pay their way. Exactly. And what I, what I do helps more people because, you know, it's, 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 it's what I'm passionate about. It's beautiful. And, but what gave you the old confidence or the audacity, Sahail, to, to make that leap? I think, I think I've always been a, um, a, 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 you know, a person who... Something inside me, you know, it was something inside me that I felt that I wasn't in the right place or I wasn't doing the right thing. And, um, you know, I was very fortunate back then to... Uh, you know, I have my family around me as well. I think it's very important to have a support system. And, you know, mm. it's, it's interesting. Something, um, Gary, um, one of my friends actually um, uh, put on an event yesterday in the UK and brought Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, I've, actually be, I've actually been on a, a podcast with Gary Vaynerchuk, which is very, very cool. But one thing that he said that really, really ingrained in, in the thinking is, you know, when you're younger, you have, the, you have the opportunity to go out and do what you want you know, and make mistakes. Mm. So, um, you know, it's, uh, and, and it's never too late really to start anything and start any business. It's never too late because where we are right now with the, uh, especially with social media and, and the access to the platforms that we have to be able to monetize and make money, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. It's huge. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. So you start out as an accountant, you know, you had more to do, to do with yourself and your world and your mission. You had this skill called putting people together. You went to a, a conference, a seminar, learned from a guru, Jay Abraham, took that. And then how did you make that your own, that learning that you, that you sought in that seminar? 
Well, I think it, I think a lot of it is is through implementation into my own business. I mean, I I took a business from zero to eight figures using joint ventures, and then when I lost everything, um, and then I regained it back again a, a, a year later. Um, I was talking about it on social media, and then I started to get invited to speak at events in America. In the U.S. is where I started speaking, so that's what really, really, really took off from there. And then I met three guys at a conference uh, seminar in America who um, who took me under their wing, and they partnered with me. We created a program, twelve week program for uh, five thousand dollars, and then we got like twenty five people um, uh, subscribed to it. And it just started from there. We did our first six-figure um, uh, program. And then from there, I started to uh, create my program that I do um, over in the US and over in the UK. I've done it in the Middle East. I've done it in Europe. Australia is one place I haven't done it yet, but you know, fingers crossed. If there's an opportunity, <laughs> yeah. if there's an opportunity I'm, always, I'm always up for um, – uh, I've got a lot of fans in Australia as well, which is quite cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But yeah, I've, I, you know, I consistently do those programs. Why I do them? Because um, there's so many opportunities on the table that I can't do myself, that I, I give those opportunities to other people. So again, it's you know, helping people to monetize what they do and what I teach them. So yeah. it's not just people paying for a program, they come and then they, they, they leave and they don't know what to do. Yeah. I'm providing them with opportunities. So you know, the biggest thing about my program is I provide people with leads, or I provide people with deals that they can work on to actually get their money back. So I think that's quite unique in itself. I haven't really seen anybody do that out there. And my whole point is to help them. You know, I always say to people who come on my program is the most important thing for me is to make sure you get your money back. So whatever you invest with me, I want to focus. Position uh, where I can do that and I can provide them with whatever they need because I have the credibility. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm one of the top, I'm one of the top parameter experts in the world. I get opportunities every single day coming into my inbox. So, you know, I need to give that to someone. So that's the reason why I do my program. I love that. And just to give background to listeners here, uh, so Hale, what, what you actually do is you take people in a room, you teach them how to do what you do, which is yeah. creating deals. And then you equip them with the schools to go and the skills to go and do that for themselves. So they venture and broker deals and then they monetize Correct. it that way. Yeah. And, and they can create their own business. You know, they, they, they have now uh, an ongoing revenue income stream that they can, I mean, I have a lot of people who come to me that have families, for example, and, and they want to do something different. And, uh, you know, they want to go out and actually work for themselves. So um, I love working with people like that because I, I'm a family man myself. You know, my son's a year old. So I'm a recent family man and I love Beautiful. it. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy it so much. So I like to help people like that. because. Uh, and it's you know. interesting, I recall you telling a story once that you, uh, there was a medical student who was having trouble paying her medical tuition and she came over to you and you taught her how to do joint venture deals, which yes. she then and went and created joint venture deals, monetized it, and was able to pay her, her medical tuition, her university. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I, and I have many stories like that. You know, I have people, I have one guy right now who has, uh, who has four kids, one baby on the way. Wow. He, hasn't even started, he hasn't even started my boot camp, which is next week in Vegas, but he, he stressed me that he wanted something from me so he can get started. So I sent him, I sent him um, uh, my man, a manual. The manuals I normally give at the boot camp, I sent it to him uh, you know, a week ahead of the boot camp. And he's already closed his first deal. It's crazy. Oh, nice. yeah, but he, yeah, he's really hyper though. I mean, he's from Los Angeles. So you know, they, <laughs> love, 
to, yeah, <laughs> really hyper, yeah. <laughs> hyper, I love that. And you, yeah. Hal, I'd love to talk about, because this is where everything turned for you. When yeah. you built an eight-figure business, right, and it crashed yeah. and you sold it and, and the company crashed yeah. in the 2008 downturn, how did you regain your confidence, your passion to be able to monetize again? Because that's the life of business. It's up and down. But you did something quite unique to get yourself back up again. Could you talk to us about that? Yeah, so basically what it is, is, is uh, what, there's always opportunities around you. So you have to keep your eyes open. And one thing you have to work on is your mindset. The mindset will allow you to see those opportunities. So you always work on your mindset. And I was very fortunate enough to um, find a company that had a book that sold over 400,000 copies. It was a book, How to Use Your uh, PC in uh, Two Hours for the Baby Boomer Market. Um, and I, I managed to do a deal with them where I took the book, converted it, converted it into a video course, we licensed it back to them, and we ended up selling over um, just over 201,000 units. And uh, my cut from that was $7.50 a unit. Uh, so I, I walked away with $1.5 million as part of that deal. Yeah. And that's joint venturing. That's really, because yeah. I, I recall you saying you saw an ad in the paper for yeah. a book, and you went to the, the CEO's office saying, I have yeah. a training a video. For yeah. A video training, and you did not have anything. No, I didn't have the product. I just, I just pitched the idea, and they accepted it. Then I went out and created the product, brought it back licensed it to them they sold it to the 400,000 customers half of them bought it and then uh, my cut was $7.50 from each one so yeah that's pretty crazy and I think that's where you're talking about having the mindset to be open to the opportunities because you just saw an ad in the paper for a book that was a huge big seller yeah the, the, the crazy thing was what I saw was the actual um, 400,000 customers that they had and that's how we work, you know, as joint venture brokers, we look at companies that have resources that we can go and assets that we can leverage. They had a huge list. I thought I could leverage that because 400,000 people have actually bought this book. So I thought if I could sell them something else or upsell them, can I get a cut of that? And that's what it was. Yeah. Wow. That, and that's, that's pretty... That's testament to your business growth and your acumen for how you can put those things together and now that you teach it as well. Yeah. So yeah, tell... Sorry, go on. Sorry, so Sorry, what was, that's okay. What, 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 what was the question? What's the next question? I, I, I think because we just kind of think the, the connection is a bit shaky here. We're losing it a bit. But I wanted to find out, did you ever have a problem? Because I get this question a lot from people about the money issue. When you transitioned from an employee to an entrepreneur, about how to fulfill what you would charge people. Because here you're saying you've got a skill, the charge rate, your consulting rate, your speaking rates, when you went out to broker the deal for the book and having the video training. How did you position it? How did you come to terms with what to charge? That's a good question. I think what you've got to also look at is what's already in the marketplace. I mean, when you look at pricing, you've got to do comparisons in terms of who's charging what. Now, for example, this might sound crazy, but I charge 30 to 50K a day for consulting and people pay it. You know, I work with lots of Fortune 500 and Fortune 100 companies. Now, I target them specifically because, you know, they're minimum $50 million turnover. So what is $30,000 to them? It's a drop in the ocean. So my mentor uh, charges $10,000 just for a one-hour phone call. So I'm, I'm quite not there yet, but, you know, um, I looked at what people in my industry were charging and, and what I could really get away with. And it, pricing is a lot of testing. You have to go out and test the market in terms of, and it's, it's, it, your price is always what people are prepared to pay. Mm. You know, with me, for example, um, I 
I got approached by a company uh, on LinkedIn based in New York. They wanted to uh, me to train their team. I said, come to my program. You know, it's, it's X amount per person. And at that time I was doing my program, it was 10K uh, per person for my three-day bootcamp. Um, now it's changed a lot. But um, back then they had, I think, four people they wanted to train, it would be 40K. The CEO said, well, if you come to us, how much would you charge? And I said, well, okay, I'll, I'll give you a discount. I'll charge you 30K. And they accepted it. They paid for my flights. And it was amazing. And that's where it all started for me. You know, I started from there when the first client paid me $30,000 for one day's consulting. And that was my benchmark. After that, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to work for less than $30,000 a day. <laughs> that's incredible. That's incredible. I love that. And so you do go actively. And this is where it comes in terms of, so your monetization, Sahel, if we were yeah. going to now to drill down on that, yeah. is that you do, tr well, before I get even listed, I'd like you to tell me, how do you monetize what you do? I've got three different areas I monetize. One is consulting, which is what I do and I charge for on a day rate. Mm -hmm. I have uh, brokering. Brokering basically could be a retainer up front or I could take a percentage of a deal. Mm -hmm. And then I have uh, my, uh, my training and, 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 and boot camps. So I have three different areas of my business that generate seven figures a year. Fantastic. And do you do any kind of uh, one-on coaching or, or that's just only coaching? I used, I, I used to do that, but it's so much. I mean, I had one guy offer me 100K uh, to coach him for 12 months. I'm a family man as well. And, uh, you know, I have, a, I, have, I have a young son now as well, so I, I can't, I don't want to commit to working, you know, 24 seven. So mm -hmm. the one-on-one -on -one coaching I don't do anymore, but the group coaching I do via my boot camps. So people who come to the boot camp get three days of training, plus they get like 60 days of um, uh, mentoring. Um, in my private mastermind group, so that's all. That's all offered within the actual um, uh, bootcamp program. Okay, fantastic. So we've got consulting, we've got training, and we've got JV brokering. Yeah, correct. And that's the three things. If someone were to ask you, uh, Sahel, and I know you probably in your when you're training people, you're getting people so from all walks of life coming to your trainings, learning how to be a JV broker, a joint venture broker. Uh, do you ever uh, talk to people or ask them about? how you found your passion and then how you would give that information or advice of someone to find theirs? I always do. You know, my passion was traveling, right? The biggest passion for me was is if someone could pay for my holidays, okay, how could I do that? Me to travel extensively. And uh, in essence, other people are paying for my travel. You know, I love to, I, I get on a plane regularly. Um, I travel around the world. And one thing that was, I was passionate about at the beginning was the speaking. You know, I, I, I always wanted to go out and speak. So when I got invited to speak, I was doing that for a couple of years. And that was my passion. And I found that, you know, I love to go out and speak. I got paid to speak. Uh, you know, I, I would travel. I, I, I was literally jumping on planes every week, uh, going to different places around the world, speaking. And then, but after a while, you know, I got married. Things changed. Uh, my wife joined me. You know, and my wife would always come with me wherever we would go, whether it was speaking or you know, whether I'd go to um, uh, mastermind trips. And then obviously recently, you know, my, now we have uh, our, our, our little son, Harry. This is little oh. Harry. Yeah. <laughs> now with Harry, it's like, you know, we like to spend more time with him. So again, I can uh, uh, coordinate my lifestyle around my business. That's the, that's the great thing about doing what I do. That's, that's just, and I know that your mission and something that really keeps you in the game is your family. Would, would that be true? 
So can you repeat that question? So the, the, the mission behind what you're doing is really, you know, propelled by your family to be a family man and be around, which is why you turned down a coaching client. Yeah, exactly. And, it, and it's, 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 I want to enjoy my family life and at the same time have my family enjoy what I do as well. So, yeah, a lot of the stuff that I do is all, uh, it's a lifestyle business now for me, you know. And the days are gone when I was trying, when I was, you know, when I, I built an empire many years ago and I sold that empire. So I don't want to do the empire building again. Um, and why? Why is that, Sahel? It's just, it's, just, it's, just, it's just time consuming. You know, when you're, when you're running a company with like 25 staff and then you're also fellow directors, it's very, very time consuming. And uh, I did that when I was single and uh, I really enjoyed it. But I think now in terms of what's, I mean, we don't need the money, to be honest with you. We're financially stable, but I enjoy doing what I do because it gets me to still travel and, and enjoy myself. And whenever we go to the US, you know, we have a, a, a place in, in Malibu. We always go and visit. Dubai for um, for two years, uh, so we enjoyed living in Dubai. We lived in Thailand, we lived in America, and now we're back here in the UK because of my son. Because you know, education-wise, it's the best place for him. So, wow. yeah, it's, it's okay. And um, what would you tell advice? I mean, because you came from you know in that our backgrounds, which is to be you know well respected, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be an engineer, any one of those things, and then you're going to becoming an accountant, and then you change that around doing what something else. What advice would you give your younger self? Would you have started earlier or would you have just taken the same? Oh, without a doubt. I think my younger self, I would have said, you know what, invest more money in, in things like property and what have you. So because I was making so much money back then, I was just spending money on fancy cars and, you know, Ferraris and Lamborghinis. And I lived in a big 12-bedroom mansion. And it was different. I wasn't, I didn't have, yeah, I know. I mean, if you see some pictures of me on the internet, you'll see the places that I used to live. Um, I was different. You know, I, I ch I've changed a lot. You know, when I lost, uh, it changed everything for me. You know, it changed my way of life. It made me more humble. Um, you know, I still like the I still like the fancy cars and the big houses, what have you. But it's not on, it's not a priority for me. You know, it's not on my um, a bucket list because I've done it. Yeah, you know, we used to have, we used to have a private we used to have a private jet as well. You know, the, the the group that bought my company, we had all the trappings of success. But now it's different. You know. One thing I say to people is uh, instead of collecting material possessions, collect experiences, mm. you know, in, in your life. That's what you should be doing because you can share those experiences with your, your grandchildren, your family, your children. So spend your life um, uh, collecting experiences. So, you know, uh, you can talk to people about them. And mm. I love doing that. Wherever I travel, I love sitting down listening to people about their lives, about what they're doing. And I love sharing. I've got so many stories. It's unbelievable. And I could, we could probably do the whole <laughs> based on, yeah, based on some really, really cool stories. And that's what I like. You know, I like telling stories. I, I like uh, uh, people. I love people. I'm a people person. And uh, if I'm So I recall a, a little while back when you and I were speaking, Sahel, you were telling me a story about your friend, which completely struck me yeah. your friend who uh was about to make a billion dollar a billion dollar deal yeah. could you tell us that's because that's when you said that to me it still rings yeah. in my ear well, well basically you know i've been through a lot in my life and i've realized that money is not the uh, be all and end all so you should never focus your whole life trying to pursue uh the wealth or or, or trying to you know if you're if your aim in life is to become a millionaire it's, it's not a great aim or objective to have really because you can live like that you can live like a millionaire without being one. But a story I'll tell you, you know, one of my best friends um, was 
basically worth more than me. I mean, I was worth 10 million at that time. He was worth close to probably 100 million. And um, he lost his fortune right about the same time as me. You know, he was in the oil business, oil trading. And um, he, uh, while I was trying to get... I was just focused on having a better life, you know, and, 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 and doing what I could with what I already had. And I spent a lot of time making new friends, uh, getting back in touch with my family. Um, and I spent the years doing that, going out, enjoying myself, speaking around the world, uh, having fun. He put his head down and just worked consistently trying to get back to where he was. But because he was in an elitist industry, a lot of his um, uh, peers actually became billionaires. And that was his aim in life was to be a billionaire. So. Um, we would only meet like once or twice a year in London, have a meal, and then he'd be off on a diplomatic mission somewhere, uh, working abroad. I'd be doing what I do, um, speaking abroad. So uh, this is a couple of years now. Um, we, 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 we met as we usually do. It was uh, Pizza Express in St. John's Wood, which is in London, a beautiful place of London, um, and a very affluent place. And we, we would have lunch. We had lunch there. And he said to me, I'm very close to closing this deal. wanted to be um, at a stage where he, you know, he could close the deal. So he said to me, what do you want? He goes, you're my best friend. If I close this deal, I want to buy you a gift. I said, look, I'm okay. I don't need anything. I'm fine with what I already have. He said, look, you, what do you like? You, you like, um, uh, you know, would you like a new yacht? Would you like a, do, do you want me to buy you a, a nice place? Or I said, no, I'm fine. Look, seriously. I said, he said, look, you like cars. He said, what, what would you like? He goes, do you like the Bugatti Veyron? And that was like a million dollar car. He said, um, okay. I'm going to get you a Bugatti Veyron. I said, look, just whatever you want to do, do. I don't mind, you know, but I don't, I'm not really fussed. He said, okay, I'm going to get you a Bugatti Veyron, a black one. What color would you like the piping for the leather? Red, oh. gold? He <laughs> so much detail. I mean, he had fancy cars anyway, and he lived in a fancy place. So um, he had properties abroad as well. So he said, I'm going to, if I close this deal, I'm going to order that for you. So, um, you know, a, a couple of days later, he, 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 he contacts me and says, deal's done. Uh, we're just waiting for the paperwork to come through, but I'm, I'm, I'm now I can call myself a billionaire. And he said, uh, by the way, your Bugatti's on order, and um, uh, uh, you know, I'll hand you the keys next time I see you. A couple of days after that, I had a phone call from his brother, and his brother said to me, where are you, Sahel? I said, I'm in, uh, I'm, in, I'm in the US right now. He said, okay, are you standing or sitting? I said, I'm standing. He goes, Look, sit down, I've got something to tell you. He said to me, um, my brother Mitz passed away yesterday. And I was like, what? I said, like, what do you mean he passed away? I said, I, I just had dinner with him like a few days ago in London. He said, well, you know, he came back, he was in Nigeria. He was closing some deals. He came back um, and he was, um, uh, he was um, talking about, you know, he must have ate something because he had really bad indigestion. And uh, he, we, he took a couple of um, indigestion um, tablets and, you know, went to sleep. The next day, uh, he had a massive heart attack on the way back uh, in a taxi from his office and died. And he was 35, 35 years old. Oh and, you know, it, it shows to show you that, you know, he spent all this time, you know, um, trying to become rich again with all the stress he had. And the really sad thing was at his funeral, um, I was there at his funeral and his, his mother and his brother came up to me and said to me, how was he, did he have any problems? Because he looked, he was, you know, we thought he was fine. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, one thing, we never hardly saw him. We only saw him once a year. 
you know, and he would come and he would visit us and that was it. And we don't know what he was up to or, or how he was. And you're his best friend. Obviously, surely you must have kept in touch. I said, yeah, we kept in touch, but I only saw him twice a year. So it's a very, very sad day. You know, I, I, actually, I actually took part in, in his burial. You know, I, I buried him and it was a very sad day, you know, because he was my best friend. And he was the one really who, who brought me into the world of, um, you know, the, a different world altogether where, I, where my mindset was I can be bigger than what I am. Or, hmm. You know, uh, take me to all these um, you know, lavish parties, would let me drive his Ferrari, would let me drive his Bentley. So he was one of my best friends and, and it opened my eyes up to what is possible and what, is, what you could achieve. And, He's gone, you know, he's gone now. So, so it's, it's really sad. Um, it's, it's, really sad. it's crazy, Sahel, because very, you know, the fact that he got to his aim but wasn't able to enjoy it. It was like days very, later. Yeah, very sad. You know, and it's like, I remember his brother said to me at the funeral that, you know, he, 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 his brother said to me, I've got the keys to the car. I said to him, look, I can't take it. Oh. I'm not going to take, take something from someone who's, who's passed away, you know. I'm not going to drive this car. Remember my friend who, you know, spent his time trying to become rich, wealthy. And I said, look, you, you guys keep it. Do whatever you want with it. And, uh, yeah, but it was, it's a sad, it was very sad for me. You know, I lost my father a few years before. I lost my best friend a couple of years after. And um, it was difficult. So the moral, the moral, Sahail, of what you're saying, the moral of the story is not, the moral yeah. is not to focus on the money. Yeah. But like I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't, don't collect material, um, don't collect material possessions, collect experiences, you know, go out there and, and do things that are really cool that, um, you know, so many people wait. You know, I hear people say, I'm, I'm, I'm hustling, I'm grinding yeah. to get me this house to get my Lamborghini and it's like five years later it's like what have you been doing you've just been hustling and grinding you know have you done anything else in your life to, that you can talk about with me and, and, and tell me what you've done you know or any cool experiences and, and, and the answer is no so yeah don't waste your time you know because anything could happen tomorrow so you know uh, monetize what you have to go out and make your money if you have goals and objectives to be successful be successful but at the same time, don't lose touch with the people around you and people who love you, you know, so. That's, that's, in, that's an incredible story. I and mean, he was only 35. I mean. <sighs> yeah, it's my, it blows your mind, man. It, it really does. It really does. Do you, find, um, do you find yourself, when you go into places where you're teaching your material and you're talking about what you're doing, do you find that a lot of people are focusing on, they come to your workshops just to make the money? Do you kind of have to pull them back and work on that mindset shift? Well, to be honest with you, I've had people who say to me, you know, can I make a million dollars in 30 days? And people like that, I don't, they, don't, they won't come onto my boot camp because it, what I'm trying to teach is something that's sustainable, something that allows you to do business anywhere in the world. Now, what I do, you can drop me anywhere in the world with it, nothing, uh, not even a laptop, and I'll go and create business because I just go and find people who have the resources already and put business together. Now, when we lived in Dubai for two years, I retired, I, retire, I semi-retired, took time off, got too bored, ended up setting up a publishing company for my wife in Dubai without, with no knowledge of the local market, no knowledge of how things operate in the Middle East. And we built that business to six figures and we sold it. So it allows you the potential to do anything in your life and have the
uh, the business allows you to. And you know, you can make good money from it. I've had brokers make seven figures. I've had some of my brokers make six figures. So you know, one of my brokers uh, this, this this week closed a deal with a I think a ten million dollar company. So yeah, Hello. you can do whatever. Yeah, so you can do whatever you want with it. So, and I love that. And that's all to do with JV brokerage. It's about yeah. learning your system of how to, and I love that you don't even need the internet. You don't even need a connection. You just go and find people and bring yeah, them and to talk them. to people. So you've got to be a good communicator. You've got to enjoy talking to people. You have to be a people person to enjoy what you do. So that's what the whole business is based on. And you can do it online as well if you want to. If you can do it, you can do it over Skype if you want to do it. I, I, I'm a person who likes to get out and meet people. So that's why mm-hmm. I like it. And, and I love that, uh, Sahel, because you've also uh, are very generous and are giving our viewers a free gift. So to learn yes. more about your work, could you please tell us about your free gift and how to get that? Well, what I'm going to give you guys is, is all the training that I've done, that I've put on. Is uh, access to um, all the training videos that I've done over the past couple of years, and they're all in one place. If you go to www.milliondollarpartneringclub.com, uh, you can go there. There's a tab that says free training, and I think I've got over 15, 20 videos there, uh, or 15, 20 different training uh, video courses there that you guys can actually um, uh, uh, watch and implement. Some people have watched some of my training videos and gone out and done JVs without coming on my program and made money. So you don't have to come on my bootcamp if you don't want to. You know, If you can go out and implement what you see for free, and you make money from it, I'd love to have you back at my bootcamp because then I could really, really help you. But hey, you don't have to come to my bootcamp. You can still make money by watching the videos out there that I've got on that site. And that's just your generosity coming through. And that's yeah. just, you're living through, you know, give first before you ask. That's exactly, you are doing that. And guys, that I can't have, I can't recommend that highly enough because Sahel has been so generous. I checked out the site. There is an, a bundle of free video training about how to put JVs together, exactly what Sahel's talking about. So by all means, guys, go check that out. And the link for what Sahel was just talking about is in the emails that we've just sent you and next to this interview as well. So check that out. And Sahel, before I let you go, I want to end with one specific question. Um, And that is that, you know, I guess when you say that it's not about the money and that's what it's all about, people, when I talk to people and every one of us on the planet wants to make a difference. Yeah, sure. But it doesn't make us human if we don't. We all want to be some capacity to make a contribution. Would you suggest that, um, and I get this question a lot from clients and people asking me, is what's the balance? What's the balance between going for being on course to your mission, your cause, your family, and the struggle between trying to generate that consistent revenue? Because business owners talk to me all the time. They make money, but once in a while. What's the balance of time, of effort, of energy and commitment so that you're not, re- you know, you're not losing face or we're losing track of the monetization, but at the same time, you're also living your mission as well? I think what it is is find something that works mm-hmm. and do it again and again until it, doesn't, until it stops working. Uh, and then also find something that works that is scalable um, and then put things in place. You know, if you want to do it yourself, you do it yourself. If not, you bring other people in like mm-hmm. I do. You know, I've got a lot of deals on the table. I could do them all myself and spend every hour of the day, but I don't do that. I'm now training other people to do those deals for me. They can do their own deals, right. but also I'm making it more, uh, I'm being more clever because I'm not, I don't have employees, which I don't want anymore, but I have consultants and brokers who, not work, who don't work for me directly. They're independent. 
but I give them deals and we do we split that on a 50-50 basis. So they get to make money, they do all the work, I get 50% because I provide them with the deals. Any deals they go and provide themselves, they keep 100% of that. So just, okay. you know, that's, the, that's a good way to do it. Fine. And I think that one of the, the ways that you've done that is actually to go find a mentor, someone who could show you the ropes. Would that not be true? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you, know, and, and you know, find someone who, can, who you can learn from. Find someone, hmm. uh, don't reinvent the wheel. Find someone who's already doing what you want to do and uh, just learn from them. Fantastic, fantastic. And your testament to it because you still have a mentor. You still have someone coaching yes. you. I still, have, I still have several mentors, yeah. yeah. Even though you've made your multi-millions, you're doing it consistently, you're still in the game of learning, which... Exactly which speaks volumes that it's an ever it's evolving your your, your education in entrepreneurism is constantly so Hale, thank you so much for your time i really appreciated this even though we've had a bit of a struggle and shaky internet connection here or i don't know what's going on with this technology today but i want to say thank you so much and especially for your generosity of providing those library of training that you're going to provide yeah. uh, especially in that link guys seriously it's uh, really this guy is generous and he speaks from gift first before you ask and so for that i thank you so dearly sahel for joining us um it's been a pleasure having you and um you know what's next for you sahel i think i think a brother or sister for harry that's what's next oh that's beautiful and that, that oh i love that but you can end on that because that's the mission that's exactly, exactly. oh yeah. gorgeous sahel <laughs> thank, you. thank you thank you so yeah. so much and thank guys you. We'll see you on the very, very next episode of Monetizing Mission. Catch you soon. Okay. Bye -bye.